Oh, hi. What's good? Welcome back to the Lit Bay Podcast. This is our December wrap-up episode. I am your host, Kerwin, and I read some really amazing books this month, and I am excited to get right into it. Before we do that, let's talk about the word of the day. Word of the day is autonomy. Autonomy is spelled A-U-T-O-N-M-O. Wait. Oh my gosh, I spelled it wrong. <laughs> oh my gosh, I spelled it wrong. Okay, wait. Autonomy is A U T O N O M Y. Oh, was I spelling it right the first time? I think I was spelling it right the first time. I guess I didn't realize there were so many O's in this word. Okay, so let me just spell it for you one more time without the giggles. Maybe just a little giggles. So autonomy is A U T O N O M Y. Um, your autonomy is the right or condition to self-govern. Um, so my sentence is, one of the most difficult things about growing up as the youngest child is that as an adult, sometimes it's hard to find my own autonomy. Alrighty, so the first book I read this month was The Inheritance of Orcadia Divina by Zoreda Cordova. Um, I was very excited about this book. First of all, the cover is gorgeous. Um, and the synopsis, which was, was what brought me in. It got me really excited to read it. Um, so basically this book is about a matriarch of a family. Um, her name is Orcadia Davina and she has a lot of secrets, but basically she invites her whole family to her home and like the whole, whole family, like everybody came to the house. And basically she was like, you know, I'm going to die and I'm giving you your inheritance. And so everybody goes to the house and on it, and you can kind of see just from reading, like there's a lot of strong personalities. There's a lot of calmer, chill personalities. Like all families are different, you know, you know how it is. So basically they come for their inheritance and then they get it and then everybody goes home. And then after that, um there's you know people in the family start dying off is basically what I can say about that um and so that was basically what I read before I read the book that was like the synopsis and I was like I have never read anything like that before in my life um one of the things that I loved about this book was that minimal white people for sure like it was definitely like like this book is by a Latinx author most, I would say, 95% of the characters are Latinx. Um, yeah, and I was very thrilled. Very thrilled about that. Um, what else? <laughs> uh, let me see. But I think, I just feel like this is a book that is definitely, like, you have to, like, read this for yourself. Like, nothing I say is going to be good enough. You just have to pick this book up and read it for yourself because it's that good, period. The synopsis should have had you, like, intrigued, honestly. I just feel like it's so easy to say too much. But what I will say, let me talk about my relationship with these characters as I was reading it. Because you all know me. I can get through a book that's, like, 330 pages like that. This one took me a minute to get through, and it wasn't because it was hard to read or like anything like that. I actually love the book from front to 
from front to end. But it was like, I just got so invested in these characters and in this family specifically. And I knew that the author, like, I knew the author did that on purpose because they were going to kill someone off and they did kill someone off. And I was like, ah! they killed someone off that I like loved. And I was like, oh my God, this is awful. But I still love the book. I, I love how it ended. Um, and I love all the backstory we get about the matriarch, Orcadia, as well. Like, oh my God, it was amazing. I feel like, so I have the actual book, like the paper book, right? I got this in hardback. I feel like this audiobook would be fucking lit. I just do. I just feel like the audiobook would be even better. So you guys should definitely, you all should definitely pick up this book. Um, it's just, it's like fantasy, lots of magical realism, like it's just a really cool book and I've just never read anything like it before. And I feel like if I, you know, it's, it's easy to say too much and spoil the book. And I assure you, once you pick it up, you're just never going to want to put it down. And I'm not going to lie. This was also a cover buy because the cover is gorgeous. You should just Google the cover. Once you Google the cover, you're going to be like, dang, I need to read this. And I'll be like, damn right you do. So this month, I also reread Take a Hint, Danny Brown, because I just love the book so much. Um, I love the romance. I love that it was between a black woman, a black queer woman and a person of color. And I was just very thrilled. Like when I first read it, I was like, yes. And then the second time you read it, it's just like, it's still a yes for me. So I loved it. Basically, in a nutshell, we follow Danny Brown, who is this beautiful black PhD. Uh, well, maybe she has a PhD and she's like getting her master's, but she's like a professor at a university. Um, she's a book nerd. Uh, she is all about intersectional feminism. She is, what else is she? She's so many things. She's a witch. She's a practicing witch. Um, she's very spiritual, loves her crystals. Um, and she's bisexual and she's just an all around beautiful black woman, which you know that I love. Um, and she has a friend, Zephyr, who works in the same building as she does, but he works as a security guard who takes his job very seriously. He is like grumpy McGee to everybody except for Danny because he like, you know, they're friends, you know, at the beginning of the thing. And so, you know, after some bad relationship experiences, Danny's like, fuck this. Like, I'm not trying to be in another like long-term relationship. Like, she's just like, I'm looking for a fuck buddy. That's it. Boom, boom, boom. So she, you know, puts her prayers out there. She's like, please send me the perfect fuck buddy, blah, blah, blah. And all signs point to Zafir. And so, of course, there's a little bit of like resistance because it's like, oh, but we're already friends. We don't want to like lose what we have, blah, blah, blah. But of course, they try it. But it only happens because they enter this like fake dating relationship thing that was brought on from her getting stuck in an elevator and he like rescued her and that was a video that like went viral and then they were like oh well we we're gonna fake date because you know I'm not good at like social media and you know I and Zafir oh well I'm, I said I but Zafir is not good at social media and Zafir has a nonprofit that he's trying to get off up, up off the ground. Um, he basically teaches young men, young athletes specifically, to be in touch with their feminine, or no, 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 be in touch with their feelings and emotions. Like, 
you know, harder emotions such as like grief and anger, just letting you know like, hey, it's okay, like as a man to feel your feelings. It's actually like imperative that you feel your feelings. So, you know, and he's going through his own like uh, journey with grief and uh, familial loss as well. So these characters are just so like, oh, the characters alone, like the writing is amazing. This book was by Talia Hibbert and you know, I love Talia Hibbert. This book was amazing. You know, they end up starting out as friends with benefits and then they end up that they have like, uh, you know, they end up having feelings for each other. But I love how like the roles were kind of reversed, right? So it's like Zafir was the one that like loves romance novels and like believes in romance and wants this relationship with Danny. And Danny is like, no, like I told you I wanted to keep things casual, blah, blah, blah. And so we kind of, we all know, like, this is a contemporary romance, so, like, we know they end up together, right? But, like, I always say when it comes to contemporary romance, it's how they get together at the end, right? Because it doesn't just happen. And so what I love about Talia Hibbert is that she's able to kind of bring all these things together. Um, things, you know, things from their past, you know, how racism has impacted both of them. You know, her as a black queer woman, him as a person of color, man. <laughs> so yeah, I love this book. I reread it. Um, I will never have a bad thing to say about this. I have the physical book, but I did listen to the audiobook again um, because the audiobook is just good. Um, Ioni Butler is the audio or, the, you know, the narrator, not the narrator, the voice actress. And she did a phenomenal job. So Highly recommend Take a Hand by Danny Brown. Again, I can't stop talking about this book and I won't stop talking about it. Okay, the next book that I read was How Moon Fuentes Fell in Love with the Universe by Raquel. Oh my God, not Raquel, Lord. Raquel Vasquez Gilliland. Um, I, this book is amazing. I have to start off by saying that. Um, so I listened to the audiobook. And um, I hadn't heard of this book at all. I bought it based on the cover. You know how I do. I be into that shenanigans, buying the, judging the book by its cover. That's me. Um, so that's what I did. And then, but right before I started reading it, I was like, well, let me like read the synopsis. Let me, I was like instantly intrigued. And I was like, yeah, let's start this book play. So how Moon Fuentes fell in love with the universe is we follow Moon, who is 17 going on 18. She is this really talented photographer, artist. Um, she creates what she calls earth art. Um, she likes to bring like earth elements into her art. She loves plants. She loves nature. Um, and she is creating her own like tarot deck. And she is constantly being overshadowed by her twin sister, Star. So Star is this influencer on Photogram, the Photogram app. She is someone, she is like master influencer. She gets like sponsorship deals, free stuff. She makes hella money. Um, and her big stick is that, you know, she loves Jesus, right? And she loves Jesus and she's just like, you know, she's a Jesus influencer. She's really good at influencing about Jesus. That's what she does. Um, and so, where am I? Oh yeah. So over the summer, 
Star gets Star gets a chance to go on this like influencer tour where they go to a bunch of cities and you know influence they do what they do but it's a bunch of influences right and so star, uh, moon gets to come along as like the merch girl and they are paying this girl bank to be the merch girl so she's like hell yeah i'm going to get this money so i said shout out to you moon get that money get that bag and so when she starts merching she's the merch girl she's merching um that's where she meets santiago santiago is also a brother of an of a big influencer and actually he's the brother of the founder of the Photogram app. So he's like, his brother is like the real deal, real deal. So yeah. So, you know, at first they don't really get along. It's giving very like enemies to lovers, but you know, they start to grow in each other and stuff like that, which I was like, okay, like this is cute or whatever. Yeah, like it was, it was very cute. So I was like, okay. So they're on this, they're on this tour. And let me tell you, the chaos ensues, babes. Like, so let's let's go back to Moon because I saw so much of myself in Moon um, and being at that age, right? Um, so let's talk about Moon and Star's mom, actually, before we get to Moon. So their mom is also someone who really believes in Jesus but uses Jesus to be evil. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, you know, everything you do is a sin, blah, 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 blah. And so when her, when Moon's mom found out that Moon had lost, no, Moon had her sexual debut, um, she got really angry, said some really mean things, did some very bad things to Moon. We'll put it like that. Uh, very much like physical abuse, uh, emotional abuse coming from a parent and you know, it, it created all of this shame around sex for Moon. And, you know, where, and I just, I, I felt that because it's like growing up, like you, you do, you feel a lot of like sex towards, or you feel a lot of shame towards sex sometimes, depending on who raised you or, you know, just the different forces whether it be like at the church or, you know, friends of your parents or whatever, like there is a lot of shame around just like having sex for fun. You know what I mean? As long as you're safe and protected and blah, blah, blah. And I understand like, I'm not a parent, so I don't know about how to talk to kids about birds and the bees and whatnot. But what I'm saying is that as someone who is not a parent and just some, as someone who is kind of a good person I could see that that's not the way that you handle things with a child basically so there is a big trigger warning for emotional and physical abuse in this book and that might be a little triggering to some of y'all but I had to let you know but the book is very good but that's not even what the book's about um the book touches on so many really great themes it touched on internalized homophobia it turns on or it turns into it talks about you know, Star being the one that the mom is like, you know, that's the golden child. And so to, and Moon is like the, what is Moon? Like the punching bag, basically. You know, Moon is, you know, bigger. She is no longer a virgin. So her mom is just always saying things like, you know, you're not worthy anymore. Like, you know, no one's going to respect you. You're fast, all of that. And it's it's a lot going on. So she has all of that to deal with while she's on there, while she's on this tour with her sister. 
And she's also kind of making a name for herself on this tour with like her tarot cards that she's creating as well. So yeah, like, you know, on this tour was just to help Star because Moon is Star's photographer, of course. But yeah, it's just like you kind of see like manipulation within the family, like just, oh my God, there was just so, I just, there's so much that I could say about this book, but I just feel like I would spoil the entire thing. Y'all have got to read this book. If anything, pick up the audiobook because the audiobook was fire. It was so fire. Um, one thing I will say, I think it's important because you know me, you know, I I guess technically this was a romance book to, or maybe there was just a romantic element to it where Moon has like a, you know, has a little love interest, which is fine. I did not like the way that he handled conflict with her at first when the big thing happens. Didn't love the way he did that. And I know that like I read a lot of romantic, you know, books here and I talk a lot about romance and I'm always like, oh, but I loved her and him together. But we have to start holding these dudes accountable too. What I will say is that they are still young. This is a young adult read actually too. Um, but it's bomb, it's fire. Like they are 17 and 18, so they don't really know how to like work things out yet and communicate yet. But oh my gosh, this book was amazing. I have nothing but good things to say. Um, This book has so many layers and I feel like maybe I'm all over the place like telling you what this book is about. But when I finished it, I was just so full of emotion because it's like so much stuff has happened to this family as well. And I love that there was also, um, you know, Moon did have support as well from another member that was not of immediate family. So which was very great. Um, what I will say is Star treated Moon like trash almost the entire book. I was like, what is this mess? Um, wasn't very Christian of Star to do that, but we ain't got to go there right now. Um, but yeah, so I'm glad that somebody had Moon's back, which was awesome. And I'm glad that Moon, like, you know, stepped out on her own with her creativity, even though she had to have a little bit, you know, people had to push her a little bit, but she finally did get there. Um... Yeah, and just there. Oh, yeah, I should say there's also a trigger warning for um, grieving, loss of a family member if you're going to get like triggered by that kind of stuff. So just just so you're aware. But I thought that this book was well done. The writing was amazing. The narration was done very well. I'll have to check and see. I actually didn't write down who the um, audiobook actress was, but she did an amazing job. Um, And I love that, like, part of this book, too, took place in New Orleans or Louisiana. Louisiana. Okay. So I was like, that's pretty cool, too. So, yeah, I love this book. I thought it was great. I hope you all pick it up. Or if you sit at the library, check it out. It's it's very good and the cover is gorgeous but besides that like I've never read a story like this before um get your tissues for sure it's it's definitely like emotional at some points it's it's just so good like shout out to y'all so Kyla Garcia is the narrator of the audiobook so shout out to you Kyla because you did the damn thing 
Um, if you're interested, this book is 11 hours and 51 minutes if you're listening to the audiobook. Um, and it was released on August 10th, 2021. So it's definitely a newer read as well, but I highly recommend this book. It was it was amazing, and I've never read anything like this before. Um, I also just want to say that I think that I just love where young adult books are going. I feel like when I was growing up, or when I was considered to be a young adult, like they weren't writing like this. They weren't even like, you know what I mean? They weren't touching on safe protection for, okay, like you are having sex. You're a teenager and you are having sex. Okay, well, are you being, are you being safe? Like, what are your options? That kind of thing. Like, I, you know, they're touching on mental health, which was huge in this book. They're touching on grief. They're touching on, baby, you can cut off your whole family if they're toxic. Like, it's giving those vibes. And I had never read anything like that growing up. This book changed the game for me. And I just saw myself so much in Moon um, at that age, when I was at that age. Um, what? Also, one more thing before I move on. I just love that Moon was so like transparent about everything like she thought before she spoke but she still said exactly what the fuck she meant you know what I mean and I was like wow like somebody at that age 17 18 right just already speaking their mind and they're like yeah people aren't gonna take it well but I'm not gonna hold back like I really appreciated that in her character and also I just hope Moon is having a great day I hope Moon is doing well today because she deserves like what an amazing character what an amazing story so yeah this book was amazing shout out to kyla um and shout out to raquel for writing an amazing story that like evoked so much emotion out of me yeah but okay moving on and the last book that i finished um in december it is called detransition baby by tori peters um saying that this book was good was like that's like an understatement. I feel like that's almost an insult because like this book was more than just good and it just, it was like reverent, right? Like it just gave me so much to think about. So I'm actually gonna read um, what it says on the back of the book because I don't have the range right now. It's just kind of late when I'm recording. So I'll just read the synopsis on the back and then I can go into how, you know, my thoughts, my feelings and everything that, everything that I do here, you know. Okay, so. <laughs> Reese almost had it all, a loving relationship with Amy, an apartment in New York City, a job she didn't hate. She had scraped together in previous, wait, she had scraped together in previous generations of trans women could only dream of, a life of mundane bourgeois comforts. The only thing missing was a child, but then her girlfriend Amy detransitioned and became Ames and everything fell apart. Now, Reese is caught in a self-destructive pattern avoiding her loneliness and by sleeping with married men. Ames isn't happy either. He thought detransitioning to live as a man would make life easier, but that decision cost him his relationship with Reese and losing her meant losing his only family. Even though their romance is over, he longs to find a way back to her. When Ames' boss and lover, Katrina, reveals that she's pregnant with his baby, and that she's not sure if she wants to keep it, Ames wonders if there's a chance, if this is the chance he's been waiting for. Could the three of them form some kind of unconventional family and raise the baby together? So in this book, there's a lot of parallels and just like a lot of differences listed about the difference between womanhood, 
cisgendered womanhood and of course like trans womanhood as well and like the similarities and like the contrast between both of those experiences as well because we have Reese who is a trans woman and we have Katrina who is a cisgendered woman um and Katrina is someone who is a person of color and she has a white parent so she's biracial and you know she grew up in a very white area and so she knows like you know racism and just white people generally you know she knows them generally pretty well um and she is also going through a divorce right now as well so you know she's you know she's coming off of this divorce and now she's pregnant with Ames's baby and Ames did not tell Katrina that he used to be um trans basically and so you know Katrina feels some type of way she's just like oh you lied to me you didn't tell me who you really were and I let you in on all my da 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 you know and I was like okay so yeah like the book is very good and it gives you a lot to think about it gives you know it's like what is right and wrong like you know what I mean and then um I guess I I did read the synopsis before but I was like wow like so it, it seemed for a while like you know Reese Ames and Katrina are gonna try to do this like triad situation so you know but it was for the child and the idea behind that would be that it would be a more communal experience for raising a child because sometimes two people is not enough it takes a village right to raise a child so this book just the themes are amazing in this book and just just come into this story with an open mind and google what you need to google as well um, this book also comes with questions in the back for like discussion. And I did a few, well, I did all of them. <laughs> I just answered them myself, like right after I got done with the book. And like, I had a great discussion with myself about this book. And I was like, this book is bomb. So yeah. Um, but what else did I want to say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So some of the themes that are discussed in this book is just like, you know, what is the woman experience? Like, you know, what, and just what is the woman's experience? And then what is the woman's re experience in relation to men? Because sometimes that is what like femininity comes down to is like how men perceive us and treat us. Um, I'm trying to see if I want to say this because this might be a, actually that's a spoiler. I won't say that. Let's just talk about the themes because I just feel like I, I could spoil this whole thing on accident. Whoops. So anyway, I won't say that. But anyway, yes. So yeah, it just covers like what is, you know, the differences and similarities between being a cisgendered woman, being a trans woman, what are their experiences? And especially when it comes to having children as in a queer relationship versus a cisgendered relationship. And then also, like, can triads work? Can, like, communal parenting, co-parenting, can that work? Is that, you know what I mean? And, like, is there, like, confusion? Is there the real mom and, like, the backup mom? Like, that kind of stuff. Like, oh, man, there's a lot going on there. Um, there's also talk of, like, people not really understanding and leading with ignorance when it comes to, like, HIV um, diagnosis and things like that. Like, people being so uneducated about 
what HIV is and how it is transmitted and all the misinformation around that. Um, and that's constantly being regurgitated and incorrectly spewed to the masses. So, you know, doing that research and then also like figuring out like, okay, like all my life I've dated men, you know, I've never given myself the the chance to explore my queerness. Now, now is my time, things like that. So like this book brought up a lot for me. It just, it gave me so much to think about. I have never read a book like this before. Um, the first thing, like I read like two chapters and the first thing I did was I was like, this author better be trans because otherwise I was like, what, who is writing this book? But yes, the author is trans and I was very pleased. Because um, <laughs> I was like, how are you gonna write about an experience you don't know intimately? Hmm. So yeah. Very good, very good writing. Um, you know, yeah, I all I can say is go into this book with an open mind. It was very good, very different from anything I've ever read. It was, it was amazing. I, I think that, um, yeah, it, it was just amazing. Oh, okay, I guess I'll tell you the story. So when I bought this book, I bought this book from a like independent bookstore. And there's this guy that works there. He's so cute. And um, I bought the book from him. And we were like talking about it. And he was like, he was like saying, he was like, oh my God, like you're buying all these really great titles, blah, blah, blah. And we got to this one. He was just like, oh my God, like this book was so good. He was like, you're going to love it, blah, 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 blah. Yes. And he was right. The book did not disappoint at all. Um, I tell that story just to say that that man was very beautiful and he sold me a book. He sold me a few books. Um, but I am on a book buying hiatus now. And so I have to stay away from that bookstore. So I won't see him for a very long time. And that's okay. He's in my heart and forever in my heart. It's fine. All right, quick segue to what I've been watching. I just finished this show. It is called Sort Of, and it's on HBO. It is about this person named Sebi, who is um, a person of color. They live in Toronto. They or they live in Canada somewhere. I don't know if it's actually Toronto, uh, but they live in Canada somewhere, and um, they are, you know, exploring their gender identity. Um, and they're not like putting a label on what they are. They are just exploring and seeing like who they are. They're trying to navigate having a job and like having a job, but also like doing what they love and things like that. So like they have a lot of, Sebi has a lot of experience in, uh, I think they went to electrician school and they're actually very good at like working with like electricity and like wires and things, things that electricians do basically. Um, and they were just saying that, you know, like when I went to school for like to be an electrician, like all these people, they look right. They look like the type of person that would be an electrician. And the fact that they didn't fit into that mold, they didn't fit into that look. They just felt like they were just, you know, this isn't the this might not be the job for me. Like this isn't like the you know, this career isn't going to allow me to to show up as me as I fully am, basically. Um, and I thought that that, I've never even thought about something like that before. So I thought that that was very interesting. 
Um, so basically now they work at a bar and then they work as a nanny for these for this family. Basically, the mom of the family gets into this accident and, and is in a coma for like a month. And Sebi has to, Sebi doesn't have to, but Sebi does step in uh, to like help the family out. They actually turn down a trip to Berlin with their best friend Seven because they're just like, you know, I have to be there for this family. They just lost their mom and like the dad is like clueless. So like, you know, besides the mom, they were just like, I know everything else about these kids. And the dad is like kind of clueless, blah, blah, blah. And um, it was just very good. I just I really enjoyed it. Um, I was kind of bummed when Sebi decided that they didn't. I mean, it's not that they didn't want to go to Berlin, but I was just, I was just bummed that they didn't go to Berlin because they just felt so, they were just like, I can't leave this family. Because I feel like, you know, Sebi was saying that like their life was so stagnant and that's what all their friends and family were saying too. They were just like, your life is so stagnant here. And they were like, in Berlin, like it's like this queer, like, you know, it's great for queer people to like live and thrive, you know what I mean? And you can be who you want to be. You can express yourself. You can choose how you like, I or not identify. Well, yeah, you can choose how you identify, but you can also choose like how you uh, express your gender identity. You know what I mean? And I'll say like safely, safer, I suppose. So I, I, I kind of wish we got that show and maybe we'll get that show next season. I'm hoping that there is a next season. Um, also, I love the way that this show handled um, herpes. I think that, you know, media has done a really great job of talking about herpes. Or oh, I think it's actually called uh, HSV. I think that's like the other name for it. But, um, you know, as saying if you have an STD or if you have herpes, you're basically dirty and no one's ever going to love you and you can't have fulfilling sex ever again, blah, blah, blah. And like this show did a great job of not so much like harping on it the whole time, but they just kind of like did a quick thing, but it said volumes and how they did it. They were just like, this is not a death sentence. Like you, if you watch this show, you'll see how like I thought they handled it very well. Um, I thought they handled the topic very well and I was very impressed about it as well. Um, but yeah, so they're, Sebi's basically taking care of this family and just figuring out themselves. And then their mom has not, you know, seen them in their, I'll, I'll call this Sebi's final form. So, you know, they've never, you know, the mom has never seen Sebi dressed up in like their makeup, you know, in their fabulous clothing and things like that. And so we also get to see that as well. And how the mom like takes it and, you know, will she do the reading? Will she try to show up for her child, essentially? So um, it's a I think it's only like eight episodes and each episode is like 20 minutes. Um, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was amazing. And then I also watched like. The, you know how HBO does that thing where they're like, oh, we're going to talk to the actors and actresses in the show and, you know, see what they have to say about the characters. I thought that that was also like a very good thing to watch, too. I thought it was very informational. So I highly recommend Sort Of on HBO. 
Next up, I think I've talked about Reservation Dogs before. It's on Hulu. It's about these four indigenous like teenagers who live in Oklahoma, I believe, and they, you know, their friend, um, they had a tragedy happen to their friend and they were basically like, this town eats people. Nothing good is ever going to come of this town. Like we've grown up here our whole lives and people, the people that get out are doing very well. The people that stay here don't really go anywhere. And they were like, we need to leave. And so they're plant, they're like saving, they're selling, they're saving money um, to go to California and have a better life and do what they do. Um, and I just, I think the show is hilarious. And there were just times where I was laughing so hard and then also crying so hard too. I just thought that the show was beautiful. I thought it was very well done. Um, trying to think but I think the cast was mostly like people who are indigenous and I was very happy about that too um I just I thought the show was so well done and I just I I only have good things to say about it I think that if you haven't watched it you should give it a try at least it's on Hulu and it's called Reservation Dogs not to be confused with the Quentin Tarantino film Reservoir Dogs is that what it's called is that what it's called Reservoir Dogs or something with Mr. Pink and Mr. White and all that shit. Yeah, it's Reservation Dogs on Hulu. So yeah, look that up. Not that Quentin Tarantino shit. Anyway, I also decided to finish the Squid Games. Because um, I only have like three episodes left. Um, I'm not going to... I'm not going to do like a direct spoiler. But when I say old dude pissed me off. Y'all know who old dude is if you saw it. What he did to my man in the Marble episode, what he did to my girl in the second to last episode, you know who the monster is. Dude is a demon. I was like, greed make you do what? Oh no. Yeah, so that was a mess. Um, but you know, the show was good. It was just very violent, very bloody, very gory. Um, not very like my cup of tea, but um, moving into the new year, I'm definitely trying to watch more things that I want to watch. Um, and if I don't really feel called to finish, I can just stop. Even if everybody is like talking about it on social media or whatever, whatever, like I always, I can practice my autonomy, all right? And I can stop watching that show and just never go back to it. But what I will say is that I am glad that I finished the Squid Games and I'm glad that I never have to watch it again. It was a good show, but it's just a little violent, a little bloody for me. But I, I see I saw the themes of like exploitation um, and just like, you know, why we don't need billionaires anymore. Like I see it. I see like the capitalism references and things like that. I, I see it, you know. So, yes. Um, and then I also I don't know if I talked about scenes from a marriage on here. That's on HBO. I finally finished scenes from a marriage. I believe it's only like five or six episodes, but each episode, good Lord, is like an hour long and I'm just like girl if this is a movie just say that like just say that like why are episodes of like shows like an hour hour and six minutes like girl you could have cut that down to one hour not you add in six minutes girl bye but anyway I thought the show was good um and it follows this couple follows this like white couple uh, with a with a baby and they're just you know they've been together for a really long time and I think they're just both feeling a little stagnant and you know things happen very tumultuous relationship between them um I guess my only my only hopes if they make like a second season I hope that we get to learn more about Karen and Peter 
who were their friends. Karen, I believe that's the girl's name, Karen. She was a black woman and Peter was a white man and they were married or they're married in the show and they were having issues because Peter kept cheating on Karen, right? And then Karen was like, all right, well, you know, I love you, blah, blah, blah. So like they they decided as a unit to open up their relationship, to open up the marriage basically. And Karen started dating someone who she actually really fell in love with. And then Karen got broken up with by that person and she was very sad. And then Peter couldn't understand why she was so sad when she had him. And she was like, you know, I let you do your little thing on the side. You're the reason we have been doing this in, you know, in, in the first place because you couldn't keep it in your pants. So she was just like, you know, you got to let me feel how I feel about my relationship as well. Like, we are doing this together as a team. And she, you know, I like that she, you know, she basically stood her ground. And I would love to see, like, what came of that conversation between that couple specifically. And if they decided to keep, you know, doing the open marriage or not or whatever. I think that that would have been very interesting. So I'd be happy to see what happens with them. I was very invested in the <laughs> in the two seconds that we got to see someone else. Yeah, but scenes from a marriage is definitely a uh, it's definitely a show you watch for the acting for the drama. Definitely, um, there were definitely some tense moments. I overall I thought it was a pretty good show. I guess I just wanted to see more of Karen and Peter personally, but maybe we'll get a second season where we get to focus on them, and then the white couple is kind of in the background. So. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Also, before we get out of here, I definitely want to touch on Insecure. Insecure just ended five beautiful ass seasons of beautiful black people living lives. It just what it's just like an end of an era. Like I I love it. Just I love like all the growth from season one to season five. I'm very happy with how things ended. I won't give any spoilers, I swear, because I'm sure they're all over social media by now. The show's been out for a clean week, so you know how things go. But yeah, I'm very happy with how things ended, and I'm very, you know, I'm just so happy for Issa, and I'm just so happy for Issa and Molly. Like, I didn't know that, I didn't know if their friendship was going to make it, and I'm glad that it did, you know, because that last season was really rough for me because I hated that. I was like, wow. You know what I mean? But the growth just from that, like not only from the first season, but just from the last season to this one was amazing. So like I talked about it with some of my friends and I was talking to my one particular friend. Shout out to you, Ro. Um, But we were talking about, damn, I just lost my train of thought. No, no, no. Okay. So we were talking about character development and just like how, how on point it was and how like like that was like really good writing you know what I mean like it was just amazing writing and like the growth was it was also like real you know what I mean like maybe having kids in a family doesn't always look the way you thought it would look like five years ago or whatever so I was just I was very excited about Insecure and I can't wait to see what the whole cast decides to do like what other projects they choose to do in the future and things like that I'm excited for everyone, and um, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what everybody does. Like, Issa, Issa Rae, like, I remember watching The Misadventures of an Awkward Black Girl, like, 
in college when I was in college. It came out in like 2011, I think. And I just remember that like that uh, the theme song that dun, 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 dun. yeah, like coming from that to having a whole last special on HBO, like that is power and that is work. And I'm so proud of her. I'm proud of everyone that had anything to do with this show. Um, so shout out to y'all. Uh, before I get out of here, I just wanted to say rest in peace to Bell Hooks. Um, I got into Bell Hooks this year. Um, I read All About Love this year and uh, it changed my life. And it changed the way that I looked at like different, the different types of love, not just romantic love, right? So <sighs> what a loss to the literary community. But her gems will always be there because the internet is infinite, right? So... It's, I just want to say to you all that it's never too late to get into Bell Hooks, even though she is not physically here with us on this earth. She'll never like not be here with us, if that makes sense. So like her books are still here. You know what I mean? So like take the time to like read her whole thing, like read her whole um, her whole body of work. I can only say that I have read um, All About Love. That is the only book I've read, but I have a couple of her other books on my on my reading list for when I am allowed to buy books again because right now I am on a book buying hiatus so when I am allowed to buy books again I am going to buy a couple more of hers because All About Love was really a game changer for me um, and I'm actually putting that on my reread list for this year as well because I need to revisit it um, and I think that might be a book I read annually but we'll see. We'll see if I get there because I have a lot of books to read right now. Um, and also rest in peace to Betty White. Yeah. Um, so, you know, our last golden girl, material girl. Yes, our last golden girl um, weeks before her 100th birthday. Um, I am not going to sit up here in front like... I only know her from Golden Girls and, like, The Proposal, <laughs> so drag me, bitch. But, um, I don't know. I, from what, I haven't really looked, like, too deep into her story at all, but I don't know her to do anything super problematic, like, out loud and in my face, so that's always good. And anytime I saw, like, a picture of her, she's always smiling, um... And she just looks like a person that, like, no matter who you are, what you look like, how you identify, like, she would just say, you know, she would give you the time of day. You know what I mean? She would say, she would acknowledge that you exist. Um, I, I feel like she was probably the, probably the nicest woman ever. So um, I don't know a lot about her, so I'm not going to front like I do, but... I feel like it probably is a huge loss. Like, I know the woman is funny. I've seen her on countless commercials and doing, like, interviews on, like, you know, nighttime TV shows and stuff like that. And the, the woman is funny. I'm going to give her that. So, yeah. Um, so, shout out to y'all. Uh, rest in peace. Rest in power. I'm so proud of y'all for all the work that you've done for the people who have needed it. Your body of work will never be forgotten. And, you know, even though you're not physically here anymore, you're still going to be in our hearts. So, yes. All right. 
So that is um, the end of this episode. If you want, you can follow me on uh, Instagram at LitBayPod. You can also find me on Twitter talking to myself about books, music, and TV. Also at LitBayPod. Um, no pressure. I understand if y'all are not into social media like that. So no pressure at all. Like just you listening is all I need, really. Um, I'm also going to leave a referral code to Libro.fm, Book of the Month, and uh, Bookshop.org in the um, in the episode notes, episode details. And just remember that you can listen to this podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. So yeah. Thanks for listening again. I really appreciate y'all and I will see you soon. Okay, bye.